we all have the right and the potential to do whatever we want as long as it doesn't physically harm or affect another person's life in a negative manner. And if you can live your life like that, your life will just flow a lot better and the wind will just fill your sails up. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky. So glad that you're with us. And I'd like to also stop and just say thank you so very much. I've been checking out the feedback that uh, everyone is leaving about the show and how it's helping them. And that's just, um, you know, some uh, so heartwarming. And it's humbling just to know that the, the show is making a difference. Actual fact, it's making all of the difference knowing that the show is making some level of difference for you. So thank you very much. Now, on today's show, I'm with John Morley. And now John's a serial entrepreneur. He's an engineer. He's a talk show host. He's a marketer. And we're going to be covering a whole range of very interesting topics and with all that being said welcome to the show John thank you very much Rick it's a pleasure to be here yeah no it's absolutely my pleasure to have you here now uh, John you and I were just speaking offline about uh, you know family and the origins of how we got to be to where we are today and I'd love to uh, take a deep dive into your history but um, before we do that I think it's good to start off with um, maybe where you're located and if you could share a little bit about yourself in terms of um, what you like to do in your recreation time would you might would you mind uh, sharing a little bit about yourself for the show be happy to. So uh, I'm in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, which is in beautiful Bergen County, uh, which is probably about 35, 40 minutes outside of New York when there's no traffic. Fantastic. Uh, what I like to do in my spare time, uh, I like to, uh, I'm very big on goal setting. That's a big thing for me. Yeah. Uh, I like to do meditations. Uh, I like to walk. Uh, I like to uh, plan what's going to be the topics for my next show, which we actually just recorded a little while ago for our Friday show. And uh, I just really like doing that. And then I love working on my businesses, uh, you know, just kind of planning things and what's going on. And, you know, just before I was working on my goals for 2021, and I just get very pumped up about that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. I think that's a really good segue into talking about your multiple ventures. You have several of them. Uh, if uh, if the number of um, domains is anything to go by, I, I think you're quite a busy individual. Yes, sir. I am definitely very busy. Uh, and uh, I like it that way. I do like to, to grow. And now with COVID, I think we actually get busier because now everything can be done virtually, which is really changing the shape of the landscape of business. Yes, that's absolutely true and correct. And uh, you are a, a big um, proponent of uh, technology. I'd love to go back to the genesis, the moment in time that you became involved with technology and then maybe expand on that conversation. Sure. Well, it all started when I was uh, in college. I was probably my, I think it was my freshman or sophomore year. And I realized that people didn't know technology. Yeah. Um, they charged you money for things. And I know um, a lot of times a friend of mine from college, we would go over to Sears or some of the stores and we would just literally ask them questions and we're ready to buy something. And it's like, they have no clue what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't get, I don't get this. And so that's when I realized that when I was uh, in my junior year, that it was time um, that I started a company. 
but not officially. So I started something very small. It was like, it was a flat fee. Um, it was $5 if I helped you uh, over the phone and $10 on site. Now there was no limit to what I did. It was just one problem. So if you couldn't print and I came to you on site, it was $10. Whether it took me 10 minutes or it took me an hour, it was just $10. Yep. Um, and uh, then I started going into that for a while. And I still remember to this day uh, that uh, before I graduated, I was very interested in this one company called Prometheus. You might remember oh, them. Yes. And they made a voice uh, modem. And they were the first to make a modem that had um, uh, that had voicemail in it, very similar to a corporate office. I said, oh, this is really cool. It was a 56-6 modem, which you were able to get if you had one leg digital and one leg analog, you could have that kind of connection. So. And I had the voice and I said, this is really great. I have to get this. Well, I went around and I couldn't find the modem anywhere. So I'm like, how can I buy this modem? So I was trying to learn about what a distributor was and how to buy it from a distributor. And I'm like, oh, well, you can't buy it from a distributor until you have something called a tax ID number. I said, <laughs> oh, well, where do I get one of those? <laughs> <laughs> and the snowball and starts to roll. And things started to roll and I was still in still in college. I was in my junior year in college and I was like, I was home for like a like a break and I was like, I want this modem. And I was like, I gotta get you gotta get a tax ID number. I was even getting them to share with me how much the modem cost, which they're not even supposed to do unless you're you know, you're you're a company. Yep. Well, I uh, went around, I realized that I needed to take the company and I needed to get a company started and I needed to create a tax ID, which just means you don't pay sales tax uh, because you're going to sell it to your to your clients. Mm -hmm. Well, that was great. So basically, that tax ID allows you to create a liability. But I was so interested to get one. I didn't know like what it was. And then the when I got one, I'm like, oh, there's a liability you have to pay now to use this number. <laughs> and uh, if you don't pay or follow your reports properly, well, you get ding quite a bit. Oh, yeah. uh, and um, I called this place back and I said, hey, I got a tax ID number. Okay, well, you have to apply for an account now. <laughs> oh, how do I do that? So I apply for an account, and now they're asking me for credit. And again, I'm just a college student. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to have to put you on COD. I'm like, CO, whatever. I don't care. No, no, no. That means you pay when it's delivered to you. I'm like, oh. Oh. Well, how do I pay you? Well, we prefer cash or a certified check, a bank check. Oh. <laughs> so... <laughs> I remember the modem was for, I think it was like three or $400. And I bought the modem to this day. It was like $165. It was a nice markup. I bought the modem and uh, I got it. And I still remember also that I had to have the check ready because UPS wouldn't wait. It was a whole process. And I got the modem, I plugged it in. And that's when I realized, okay, I started a company, a company officially. Now, uh, when I get out of college, I think I need to turn this into something that's going to make money and not just have a liability. So that's when I realized that I was very good at what I did. And a lot of people valued the information that I provided. I had a very good friend in college and he said to me, John, he says, um, you know, he says, you're not gonna be able to fix this. And he had some game and there was something called DOS disc operating system. And, uh, he wanted to play this game in DOS and it, they have something called conventional memory. Uh, which you only get a limited amount of on a computer. Mm -hmm. And 
to be able to have games play in the higher area, which is the, the larger memory, which is past the first 640, which nobody does anymore, you had to do some tweaking to the memory quite a bit. And so I spent some time doing this. This was a very old game. And I was there for two, three hours. Wound up becoming friends with the person. And um, he said to me, he says, uh, he says, he says, uh, he says, what do I owe you? I, I said, it's just $10. He said, but you were here like four hours. I said, yeah, that's okay. And he didn't get it. I said, you know, I said, the whole point, I said, is that that's what I guarantee and that's what I stand behind. And his thing was a little challenging because I never knew I was going to spend quite a few hours trying to understand why this memory was not loading properly. It was a game that was not written very well. Mm -hmm. It could only function in conventional memory. And we became very good friends. And so then I realized that I was good at what I was doing and that I had to write my own invoicing program, which I did when I graduated that, um, that senior year, which is the next year. Yep. And I opened a business and then I started working for the government. And I realized that the government wasn't treating me fairly. They were paying me a fraction of what I was worth. But hey, I got a job. <laughs> and I worked part-time there and I let them know that this was a part-time job. And then I suddenly realized that they don't appreciate me. And the happiest day of my life, Rick, was when I said to them, I want to thank you. And they said, why do you want to thank us? I want to thank you for helping me become the best version of myself. And I want to wish you guys a happy holiday and I won't be coming back next year. Oh, goodbye. Sayonara. Well, well, <laughs> and they were like, well, 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 what happened? What about the project? I said, well, I'll finish the project before I leave this, this year. I said, but I said, the way you guys treat me and the way everything is gone, I said, I've learned that I'm a, bet a better version of myself by leaving here. And you guys are better versions of yourself by having someone else here. So yeah. thank you for teaching me that. That's they fantastic. thought I was on drugs. <laughs> you've, you've, um, you've revealed to me in, in the short conversation, and thank you for sharing. Um, you know, you've talked about value proposition, both self and company and, and those you serve. You've talked about, basically, you've touched on pricing and how that comes into the fold. And I'd like to expand on that. But you've also talked about setting your own path as an entrepreneur and believing in yourself. I'm wondering, um, since that time, how are those three dynamics evolved in your businesses? That's an excellent question. So, you know, when I first started the business, which now it's going to be because we're in about 2020 now, mm -hmm. um, we're actually celebrating our 30th year in business uh, just about a week ago was when the anniversary of the company Fantastic. started. Uh, the J Moore Connection Inc. or JMOR.com. And that was my first business. And um, what I realized, uh, Rick, is that I always want to make everybody happy in business. You know, I want to do a great job and I want to make everybody happy. And I also want to make everybody happy in life. And what I learned is that in the first five or 10 years, I wasn't in business, Rick. I was in a hobby. Those first 10 years, I was very intelligent, but I didn't understand business. And so you're probably saying, well, gee, what are you talking about? Because you were doing all the work. Yes, I was doing all the work. I was doing anything great. But I wasn't doing it in a way that was going to maximize my potential and profit and growth. And I didn't know all this. Yeah. You don't know what you don't and know. And so after do you? 10 years, <laughs> <laughs> after the 10 years, I was like, why didn't I do this? Why did I do it that way? Why didn't I understand that? And things started clicking. But something really interesting that I just learned, you're always learning, Rick. I always yep. say you're going you're gonna to be 
learning until the day you leave the earth. I, I'm a proponent of that. I agree. I believe that um, it was just about last year I learned something very, very important. Mm -hmm. I learned that you can't make everybody happy, and that's not just in business. And I'm not going to give the person's name, but this was a person in, in, in elected office. I'm actually a, a president of my chamber. And I went to the person, and I said to them, uh, they called me in, and they said to me, uh, John, you know, we're doing this. Uh, you guys aren't big enough, and we're doing it, and you're not. And I was like, oh, okay. Fair enough. And it made me step back, and I felt hurt for a little while. But after about three or four months ago, I said, wait a minute. I said, that was actually a blessing in disguise. That elected person actually helped me. Because what I wound up doing, which I didn't tell you, is that after he said that to me, I said, you know, such and such. I said, um, he says, when are you, John, when are you going to give up? Oh. I'm scratching my head and scratching my head. And I'm like, um, can I get back to you on that? Because <laughs> I really need to give this some thought. He said, okay, yeah, sure. I left. I went back. Maybe a day or two the next week I came back and I said such and such. I'm not going to say his name. I said, I, I came up with when I'm going to quit. He says, oh, he goes all happy. And I was like, when are you going to quit, John? I said, I'm going to quit. And he's like all perked up and all excited. When a little baby boy or a little baby girl tells their parents they no longer want to walk anymore. He looks at me with these eyes like. Perplexed. He goes, what, when the heck is that? I said, well, sir, I said, I don't know if you're a parent or not. I said, but when have you ever known of a baby boy or baby girl not wanting to be able to walk or to give up? He's looking around. He's like, never. I said, you're a very bright and intelligent man. <laughs> he says, you know what? You're arrogant. Now get out of my office. Uh... <laughs> I left his office and uh, he didn't say anything else to me. And so I realized a couple things. Maybe I was a threat to him. That wasn't my intent. But the biggest thing I learned is that what happened that day taught me a very valuable lesson. And that is that when things don't go the way that you intend them to go exactly, we should be grateful for that. Because it helps us become a better version of ourselves. Yes. It helps the other person become a better version of themselves. And people look at me. I had a board member few weeks ago and i said you know thank you i said I said thank you for what i said thank you for helping me realize uh and helping you become a better version of yourself and helping me become a better version of myself and to move on and to get another board member so <laughs> i think we're always trying to please people in life rick yeah but the biggest challenge is that we have to realize that we have to take care of ourselves first and as a serial entrepreneur you know it's not easy juggling uh, everything, no, no. as you know, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I like that challenge, but I also like to please everybody. And what I realized, Rick, is at the end of the day, I don't have to please anybody. Yes. We have to give good service, but I've come up with this attitude. You can like me or hate me with all due respect yeah. next. And I'm going to get done what I need to get done with or without your help. So when I went back to this gentleman a few weeks later, I see, you no, know, I said, uh, he says, well, he says, you're all done. I said, no, I'm not done. I said, and I want to thank you. He says, why? I said, I want to thank you for helping me become a good, good version of myself, a better version of myself, because I realized I don't actually need you. 
for approval. I can do whatever I need without you. Empowering moment. And then after that point, he kind of got a little bit unfriendly <laughs> because he saw me as a threat. And I wasn't trying to be a threat. I was no, just trying to say, look, I'm a person and you're not going to push me around. I'm not a stand-up guy. How many times in life, Rick, do you see these people and they're stand-up and they're yes men, right? Yep. Or yes ladies. Mm -hmm. I'm not a yes guy. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for that, not that's not me. Yep. It's not going to happen here. Yep. So you may hate me, <laughs> but it's going to get done yep. with or without you. And people realize that I'm a mover and a shaker. I always try to be respectful to people. But I say this one thing, Rick. We all have the right and the potential to do whatever we want as long as it doesn't physically harm, okay, or affect another person's life in a negative manner. And I don't mean don't be competitive. What I mean is you have to be respectful and you have to realize that you're not going to cause anybody any harm, physical pain, or discriminate against them. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you can live your life like that, you're going to start sailing. I love to sail. When I was only six, I started sailing. <laughs> uh, your life will just flow a lot better, and the wind will just fill your sails up. And instead of you worrying every day about how to get wind in your sails, your sails are just going to fl flow by themselves. They're going to and up. all those people that just sort of stood around and said, hey, what are you doing? I had an example the other day. Again, I'm not going to give the person's name. Um, and the person came up to me and said, John, did you do such and such? I said, no, I would never do that. And they said, okay. And they were very nice. And, and I, I said, you know, I said, um, I said, you know, I always tried to be nice to you in the very beginning when we moved in. But for some reason, uh, your staff always told me they were too busy and that they, you know, you couldn't talk to me and all this stuff. And I said, you know, I said, you know, I'm president of a chamber. I said, you know, I said, we really should work together. I said, you know, I'm not such a bad guy. <laughs> And I said, maybe when I get back from vacation, maybe we should talk. And she said to me, she says, yeah, that might be a good idea. So I start to rub off on people, but it takes time, Rick. Everybody believes that if you're moving and shaking or being a bull in a china shop, as I've been given that analogy sometimes, I will throw out the whole china shop, okay? Yeah. And I will rebuild it from scratch. I don't do that every day, but if there's something wrong, I'm not going to be fooled by the fact that there's still two broken China plates that I didn't throw out. I'll throw the whole store out and, and then it. and redo it because you can't work with something that's only partially fixed. And sometimes people, when they see me, they're like, oh, my gosh, John is like, you know, he's crazy. No, I'm not crazy. I just I'm going to get things done. And so when people see me, they're not used to somebody who's going to upset the apple cart. Disruptor as I call it. Right. And, and at the end, I said, you know, I'm here to help everybody. No, we know you are, but it's just the way you go about doing things that just, you know, leaves people a little uneasy. I said, okay. <laughs> okay. That's the way it's got to be. That's the way it's got to be. Now, John, this is why there's so much value in having guests like you on the show, because we not only talk about, I guess, the nuts and bolts of business. We talk about um, the value it brings to our lives because at the end of the day you don't want to spend the last day in your life looking back going you know what I regret not doing these things and being that go-getter it's a credit to you and thank you very much for showing now I'd love to if we could um, expand on our conversation about technology and, and especially you touched on COVID a little earlier just briefly mm -hmm. and you talked about blessings do you think yes. there is any silver lining 
in relation to technology as it relates to the COVID experience globally? A absolutely. So there's a couple things, first of all. Mm -hmm. The one thing is people are able to network virtually, which we've always had the capability of doing, but people were not doing it because they didn't have to do didn't it. Have to. Now, yeah. it's kind of like what they need to do to network or they don't get to talk to people unless they call them on the phone. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great thing. I also believe that it's causing us as creators, uh, developers, engineers to, let's say not think outside the box, let's say destroy the box and think without any kind of box. Because uh, we're always talking about, you know, thinking inside the box, outside the box. I want to get rid of the whole darn box. Get rid of all the boxes. <laughs> no boxes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> get rid of all the boxes. Just, just, just throw them away. Burn the boxes. <laughs> and, yes. Get rid of all the boxes. Small boxes, little boxes, big boxes, <laughs> any boxes, all sizes. And by doing that, we can start to see that there's a lot of value out there. There's a lot of solutions out there. Like, let's look at the some of the COVID solutions now where... You know, things like your phone, for example, uh, can be prompted to tell you that you're too close to a building and you need to put your mask on. I mean, there's yep. lots of things. So I feel that there's a lot of people that are not happy with COVID for business. And, and I get it. I get it. But what you have to do is be grateful for what we have. Be grateful you don't have COVID right now. Be grateful, be grateful you can breathe. Mm -hmm. Be grateful you're in business. Um, be grateful that you have a good mind in your head and you're able to think and you're able to put things together. And we're all going through a similar challenge, okay? I think where the problem comes in, Rick, is where people decide to shut down um, the production factory upstairs because of an attitude or a belief. Uh, you'll remember Colonel Patton when they talked about the, the patent factory years ago, and they said, well, gee, is the patent factory being shut down? Well, I don't believe it is. Well, then why are you saying we can't do this? So that was something that came to us from many, many years ago, but it's no different, uh, mm -hmm. Rick, is that our patent factory, our idea factory is not shutting down. And these are really great times to harness the industry and, and what's out there. And there is just so much more to come in 2021. Um, airports, uh, I mean, yes, there's there are risks out there for our uh, information maybe getting into the wrong hands, but... I do think there is a lot of good things that are happening. And with COVID here, there is just so much at our fingertips. If COVID did not happen right now, hypothetically, we would right now be in another year. Mm -hmm. We'd be talking about the stock market. Yep. We'd be talking about, gee, where's the world going to be going? And are people going to buy? And how can we get people to buy? That's no different than what's happening now. Except people are saying, gee, where's the vaccine and let's get one, right? But the economy was still in the same pattern. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the economy is always a cycle. So I think in any business, um, you have to realize that it is about seeing what's needed. And one of the things that I did, uh, Rick, is about maybe seven or eight years ago, I got very frustrated with one of New York's largest marketing advertising companies. Mm -hmm. And after being with them for a long, long time, I went to them and I said, hey, I would like to make a change to the book. Is oh, John, you can't make a change. I said, well, the deadline is today. No, 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 no. Our deadline is today. Your deadline was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, well, what does that mean to me? 
well, about another $800 because we'd have to change our debt. I said, well, that's stupid. And so that annoyed me. And then I, I uh, after that, I said, you know, this isn't working. And I realized that I'm with the wrong company because if you are paying people based on how they take you out to lunch or dinner, let's just use three amounts of money. Let's use a dollar, five dollars, and ten dollars. Those weren't the amounts. When I paid them a dollar or a deposit for a dollar, they took me out to Dunkin' Donuts. When I gave them five dollars, they took me out to a lunch with a sandwich, maybe a dessert. When I gave them ten dollars, they took me out to Ruth Chris or a steakhouse. And I thought this was just something that was just going through my mind that I was making up. One day I decided that instead of paying them the dollar, hypothetically, I would give them the 10. Calls back, oh, hi, John. Uh, this is such and such from Brian's office. Yes. Oh, uh, well, Brian actually can't do the breakfast today. He asked if we could do dinner instead. <laughs> his wife and his family is coming in, and they're not going to be able to pick them up at the airport because they only have one car and one's in the garage. Hmm. And I said, okay. So another time I did the same thing. I took the, the let's say, the $10 from the, the dinner, and I brought it down to, let's say, the breakfast. Oh, John, um, yeah, this is such and such in Brian's office. Okay. Uh, he's not going to be able to do dinner tonight. What happened? <laughs> oh, apparently there's some kind of emergency at the office, and he's going to need to stay later. Unfortunately, it's a big deadline, and he, he can't get out of it. He asked if we could just do a quick uh, breakfast instead. <laughs> Funny that. So you can't make this stuff up. So when I saw this, and again, I know nothing about marketing or printing. This was back then. I decided that I need to figure out how do I get rid of this bottleneck, which was printing at the time. And um, I said, gee, I don't have equipment that can print like that and that kind of volume and that quality. I went to Xerox uh, because we had a Xerox machine already. But again, it couldn't do that kind of volume and it couldn't do that kind of printing. And I said to them, gee, um, I'm looking into another type of machine. Do you have something that can handle like some production? I'm looking to maybe get into printing. Oh, absolutely. In fact, you know, here's the machine, but let's take you out to lunch and then we can come back out and show you more. <laughs> they took me to lunch. They brought me back. They showed me the machine. I said, I love the machine. It's fantastic. How much is the machine? Well, let's not talk about the price. Let's talk about no, I don't want to talk anymore about what it <laughs> can do. How much is the machine? Well, I said, you're going to have to tell me sooner or later. No, no, no. Uh, and you spent three hours already explaining what it can do. The machine is only going to cost you blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, they, they didn't give me the true number of the machine up front. They figured I'm going to lease the machine. So they gave me the machine. I think it was on a, uh, I'm going to say it was a 36-month, uh, mm -hmm. uh, or, or, or no, it was a 48-month lease. That's what it was. It was a, it was a 48-month lease. And... Uh, that machine, they said, oh, John, it's going to cost you just over three. Over three what? Just over 3000 a month. Hmm. For how long? For just 48 months. But you can write that off very easily. <laughs> so I'm doing some math. And I, said, I said, that's $150,000. Yeah, plus tax. So that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Well, you can go to your bank and you get a loan. There are a lot of things you can do. I went to my bank the next day. And I said, hey, bank, um, I need a loan. I'm thinking about starting another company. How much do you need? Uh, $150,000. Okay. When do you need it? Uh, I believe next week. <laughs> All right, no problem. 
I filled the information out. I was approved, like, so quick. I went back to Xerox. I said, how are we doing? I said, well, I'm approved. I said, oh, that's fantastic. I said, yeah, I don't know if this is the right choice, though, for me yet. You have the money, right? I said, yeah, but I don't know if it's the right choice. I go back in. We do some more work. And uh, next thing I know, I'm buying this machine. It was around the holiday time, just before Christmas, and the machine gets delivered right after Christmas, so right around January. But he wanted it on my facility before the end of the year because I guess it gets into their commissions. Mm -hmm. So he wanted it to be on my property, even though I wasn't going to use it, before I went on vacation. I was going on vacation the 20-something, and he got it on my property. And uh, they didn't have all the pieces to the machinery. And so we got back, uh, and then I went through about 60 hours of training on the machine and the fiery, and I started learning how to use this thing. And then I realized real quickly, Rick, that this machine was not inexpensive to run. And I was strictly getting this machine so that Jay Moore had a way to print brochures, flyers, banners. I mean, I could do anything. I could think of something in the morning, and it could be printed the same day and in people's mailboxes. That was very powerful. Oh, yeah. But I said, I need to do more than this. And I was leasing the space to the other company for only a dollar or five dollars a month. The company didn't have any clients yet. About three or four months later, I got my first client. We printed some insurance uh, flyers and brochures. Simple job. They were very happy. We were a fraction of the price of those superstores. Mm-hmm. And the thing about us is that we had just gotten an account with uh, a large paper distributor that has like over a million types of paper. And they gave us net 30 for a paper supply account and i was like okay and i'm this is moving a little fast for me and so now i started realizing it was about a year or two ago and that was last year that i decided that i need to stop treating this like a hobby rick Mm -hmm. and i need to build a print production marketing and advertising center and that's what i did last year i built one it was supposed to open this year, but due to COVID, yep. we couldn't officially do our grand opening. Post-time. So we print everything in-house, not just paper, plastic, metal, glass, wood. We do graphic design. We do video. Fantastic. We print books, flyers, banners. Uh, we work with authors. So why is this important? Well, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, you have books you want to get out there, or maybe you have things you want to do, but you're always at the mercy of other people because they have minimums, they charge you fees, set up fees. Well, I was out of that now. Now I hired graphic designers, and now I'm doing that myself. What happened around COVID time, as I realized, Rick, is that the people that connect are on LinkedIn, which is probably no surprise to you. No surprise. And, uh, it's not Facebook. It, it, it's LinkedIn for B2B business. Yep. And so I said, gee, you know, what can I do? Everybody else is crying and pounding. What can I do? I said, hmm, how can I get more people to connect on LinkedIn? And I decided, huh, everybody has these basic little profiles and their uh, banners they put up. They're terrible. They're either stock photos or they're the default that comes with LinkedIn. I said, this is terrible. <laughs> so I decided to, to test something out. My graphic team uh, and I spent several hours, and we came up with my LinkedIn banner profile, which you can actually see by going to LinkedIn.com uh, slash N slash J-O-H-N, the letter C, and M-O-R-L-E-Y-I-V. And you'll be greeted by my LinkedIn banner profile. When you get to my LinkedIn banner profile, the thing that's very unique is that 
it doesn't just have my name and have my business. You see, people don't do business um, because you're smart, you're intelligent, or you have a company. That's not the reason people do business. People do business with you because you have a commonality with them. So what did we do? We created panels that match some of my expertise. We picked five of them. One, I'm a solution specialist. We didn't put engineer. We made people feel comfortable. Yep. Two, I'm the director of marketing and publications. That was my second thing. And we had a little picture of a puzzle. Mm -hmm. Third, I'm a chamber president. Fourth, I'm a voiceover and I'm an MC. And fifth, I'm a talk show host. So when you look at those things, John's not just a profile. No. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's an engineer. And then I can't with a very catchy headline, which has been keeping me busy, reach 1 million eyeballs in 30 days. Wow. And I'm also a co-host for the Happy Neighborhood Project in New Jersey. But how do I do that? Well, there's a lot of nonsense out there. People say, gee, you can pay to get on page one of Google. And you can, but you always got to pay to stay up there. I believe in doing it organically. So my team, we write articles, but we figured out how to get content out how to get press releases out there, and how to get Google to follow you legitimately, not by paying them, by producing quality content. And that, my friends, is what's getting me more traction. And so people sign up with time to meet with me and say, hey, I'd like a banner profile. We spend about 60 minutes with them. They pay for it. And within 7 to 14 days, we create a LinkedIn banner profile that's second to none. And then we have a whole program they can go through. But the goal is I teach people how to use these tools and how to get more business, how to get more engagement, how to get more discussion, and how discussion can lead to more business. Yeah, that's fantastic. You can see that there's been a, a great deal of um, thought and time spent and you know reflecting on the steps that you need to take and testing and trialing and it's all a great credit to you uh john now um importantly we're at the pointy end of the show where people they're obviously itching to know more about your business and how they can get this uh, underway in their business so when people want to find you john and start working with you where are they actually going to find you the easiest way because i have lots of different companies the easiest way is they can go to linkedin dot com slash in slash j-o-h-n the letter c m-o-r-l-e-y i-v uh that's where you can connect with me on linkedin send me a message but if you would like to call me you can do that uh 973-291-6271 and my extension is 108 108 there you go well look um just to make it as easy as possible for you if you are watching this today and you're interested in getting that linkedin profile underway and learning more about how john and his wonderful team can help you i'm going to be making the link directly back to link uh, linkedin uh, john's linkedin profile below this post um so that you can touch base and go from there but with all that being said john this has just been such a wonderful experience a wonderful time talking with you thank you so very much for joining me on the my future business show today it has it has been a pleasure rick to be here and i invite people to drop by jmor.com under social and to check out my show which airs every friday night at 5 30 p.m eastern and we have guests from all over the world and we talk about what makes technology work and what to do when it doesn't work the way it's expected thanks for joining us today if you enjoyed the call 
then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.